Hello, my friends, and welcome to the latest episode of the Tea with Steve podcast. This week, we are deep diving into the fine art of sales. This guy who's on my podcast this week, I mean, guru, legend. I met him at EMC 2020 earlier in the year. He was on stage giving tons and tons of value. And then he shared how he pitched to Tony Robbins to actually get him on his podcast. The thing was, when he actually went to the audience for questions, I raised my hand, I had the question ready, and I used the exact pitch that he used to Tony Robbins I used it on my guest to get him onto the Tea with Steve podcast. He came off the stage, he put his arm around me, hugged me, welcomed me and said yes. You are going to enjoy, I have no doubt, the pleasure of sales guru. Get your notepad ready. We're going to chat with Spencer Lodge. Welcome to the Tea with Steve podcast with me, your host, Stephen Thompson. This is the show dedicated to helping you find your heart brand, your purposeful and profitable personal brand. I believe that everyone has a heart brand. It's their authentic self to drive growth in themselves and those around them, which has a positive impact in our world. We are in a who era. The who is being unapologetically you, and that is your heart brand. So join me in impacting one billion lives. Now let's get into the show. Welcome everyone to the latest episode of Tea with Steve podcast. I have an amazing guest with me uh, this week. And the reason I'm, I've got this gentleman on um, on the podcast with me is simply because he touched my heart on stage three weeks ago. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to Spencer Lodge. For me, the best salesman I've seen and heard in many, many years. Spencer, how are you? I'm good, man. Good. Well, that's a quite an introduction, wasn't it? I quite like that. Well, do you know what? Men. You you hit my heart on that stage, and that's the reason that I actually, excuse my language, got the ball, stood up, asked the question, and then pitched to you in the way that you pitched to other people. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was nice. And yeah, so for me, you know, I've been around salespeople all of my life, whether it be before I joined um, the police service, you know, as a servant police officer, even when I was in the job, you have to sell yourself in one way, shape, or form. Um, And then when I left the police, Again, went back into sales and marketing, this, that, and the other. But actually, you resonated with me more than any sales coach, mentor I've had ever. So I'd really appreciate for the listeners if you could share a little bit about what you did on that stage and then actually teach my listeners to sell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about teaching everyone to sell. I think, I think being a great salesperson, the, the, the thing that most people get wrong, and particularly i've lived outside of the uk for a long time and lived in many countries and so the attitude of british people towards salespeople, in, in my opinion is, is pretty pretty disgusting mm-hmm. um i'm deeply offended why uh lorry drivers architects lawyers accountants logistics managers um office managers administrators receptionists and you name it look down their nose at salespeople. Um, everyone dreads the salesperson coming through the door. And t- to me, it's like, okay, so let's think about your jobs for a second then, shall we, smarty pants? Yep. If there's no salespeople in your company, and how does that revenue come into the company so that your salaries can be paid? That's the first thing. Second thing is salespeople are on an emotional and psychological roller coaster during every single day of their working life. They have to deal with constant amounts of rejection. They have highest huge endorphin injections because of winning clients, but also because of losing clients on losing sales. They get you know the cold calling that exists, and if it's not cold calling, it's other types of communication that leads to rejection. So they deal with a lot more than the person with their steady salary at the last day of every month and their luncheon vouchers has to deal with. And so I think they deserve respect. On the flip side, I think that salespeople need to take their profession more seriously than a lot of them do. Mm. Because somebody once said, you've got the gift of the gab or you're great with people, you're a great communicator, you're an extrovert, you're this, you're that. Um, they've, they've, they've assumed they can sell and that's not, it's not real. Um, selling is like any other profession. It's a, it's a skill-based profession and you need to learn how to sell properly. Um, whether it's, uh, you know, you're not going to go to a dentist and sit in the dentist chair, are you? And sit there and say, if he says to you, it's my first day, I've never done it before. Come on then, let's get that through now. <laughs> 
you're down the road, aren't you? And then I'm sure many of your many of your listeners have um, have been through divorces as well. And imagine if the lawyer said to you, "Well, I haven't done this before. Okay, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get a good outcome." <laughs> it just wouldn't happen. So nope. why why do we expect a dentist to be trained for six years? Why do we expect a lawyer to be trained for five years? Why do we expect an ar- architect to be trained for five years if we're not going to take our profession seriously? And so for me, I'm very passionate about teaching people to sell, but also defending the rights of salespeople and, and making their, their, their industry um, more credible. And then it's everybody that doesn't think they're a salesperson that does this thing, I'm an entrepreneur. And it's a kind of, you know, I grew up with something called small business owners. You know, Derek Trotter was a small business owner. He yep. was an entrepreneur. Um, living in Nelson Mandela House back in the back in the seventies and eighties, and 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 that's what we were, all we were sold traders. Um, yep. You know, you're not an entrepreneur if you've got a market stall. You know, you're not. But everybody wants to use that kind of title around being a a, a one man band trying to make a living, but. You know, whether you're Mark Cuban or you're me or you're that guy that's trying to grow that business out of his spare room, you've got to know how to sell. Yeah. And whether that's selling your product or service or whether that's selling to raise finance uh, and raise capital from investors, you've got to know. Not guess, not think you might have a few tricks up your sleeve, but you've got to know how to sell. A good example of it was um, I was in, I get invited to these, uh, the, the, these uh, competitions where people pitch their businesses. Yeah. And, uh, I've been over in the States doing it and I've been here in the UAE and in London. And, and I go there and the, the people that are, are the best people at pitching, okay, and the best people at selling the concept are the people that generally have got a better chance of raising the finance. They might not have the best business. They might not have the, the most investable business. It might not be the best idea. But, you know, there was a guy that was selling some cryptocurrency thing at one. He had some platform he wanted to raise finance for. And he was about as exciting and motivational as a snail. <laughs> it, 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 it literally was as dull as this water. And I said to him, you've got two choices. Either find somebody else to do it or go and learn the skills. Yeah. Um, and he was brave. He put his hands up and he said, you know what? It's not me. I don't want to do it. So I think I won't do that. And, and he went and got somebody else to help him. But... There was a guy that was selling, there's a guy that had a business called Coco Jack. And he basically was a, a fat guy that got into the raw food world for his diet. And okay. then after, and so he ate a lot of coconuts and he kept trying to open coconuts and he, he kept cutting his hands as he was opening the coconuts. And so his mate down in Dallas, in Texas, he got him in his, his iron orge to, to, to forge this piece of metal so that he could bang it into the top of the coconut and flip it open. Okay. Anyway, he did that for himself and somebody else saw it and they were like, it's a good idea. Um, and then before you knew it, it became a business with a website and then making lots of it for this whole industry around raw food. Well, the guy walks on, he's got a leather apron on, he's got Coco Jack written across the front, he's got a big ginger beard coming out here, he's got a cap on and he walks in. And the first thing he does is he tells a joke. And so all of us judges were sitting there laughing at his joke. He's disarmed us. Okay, and then he's presented, and so great sales skills. Um, and he was able to raise two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of finance on the back of being smart at doing that. Was it the most profitable business to invest in? Probably not. Okay, but okay, you could buy into him. It was something about him yeah. that you wanted to invest in. And I think that for a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, if anyone's going to get involved in you, they're going to want to invest in you and your personality and your character and your drive and your, you know, and your commitment and you know your ethics and all that kind of stuff. So. Be investable. And if you're a great salesperson, you can sell yourself well. I, I totally agree. I really do. I, you know, I've, I've never had, I, it's really funny because I was, I was lying in bed the other night thinking, okay, what questions am I going to ask Spencer? And then I thought, do you know what? I've never had any sales training to bring as well. I've had sales training, but not sales training. That's, that's, that's given me the skills you've just talked about. I've had the sales training that you're one-to-one in a room. Someone's in your shop you know, and I'm like, you know, it's that typical, you know, Vodafone sales stuff that you get, you know, when I left the police, I had to I job hop for three and a half years before I started my own business. And every job I went into was a sales job. Um, because I was, a, I, I'd been doing sales previously. And once they'd done your formal training, this, that, and the other, I got out and actually just I made relationships with people and was myself. And I remember when I left um, Vodafone, I was a business manager and the last um, 
I resigned because I'd had enough. It was causing me so much stress and pressure. I'd actually had a heart attack. I'd had a heart attack in the September and I, res- I handed my notice in in the October. Yeah, I was 34 years old. Shit. The, the, I was 34. I'd, I'd, um, I'd, let, I'd been made redundant from a, a sales job here in the UK. Um, I was working for the UK's largest pasta supplier. I even, had, I even sold pasta to Italians. I had two customers in Italy. I was made redundant because I was selling too much. They couldn't they give me a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, I was selling too much. They didn't have the capacity to make what I was making. So they made my role redundant. I went back to my previous employer who was a Vodafone platinum partner. Um, I hated it, but I needed a job cause we just had a babe. And then I had, I was doing, I was getting ready for my first bodybuilding show. And then in the September, so about, I actually put a post on Instagram about it a few weeks ago because uh, there's, there's a picture of me there posing like this with the guns out and then six months later I had a heart attack it was because of the stress every day Monday morning sales meeting pushing you for stretch target this that and the other and then just as I left I handed in a contract and said I've just won my biggest order and do you remember that pasta supplier the UK's biggest pasta supplier who I used to work for yeah I just brought all their phones over thank you very much I'm off and I went to work with kids and did something I enjoyed and loved um, until, you know, I was made redundant from that job. I was, I found that I was on a journey and that someone up there was telling me, you're not meant to be doing this. And then I found the fact that I was, I ended up launching my own business. Um, but the way I built my, my you know, little agency that I've got here is through using social media and building relationships. And then those, those sort of, I suppose, sales tactics, whatever you want to call it, got me into a room to have a conversation. They weren't going to buy off me radio, which is what I was selling at the time. They bought, they wanted to know the knowledge I had and they liked what they saw of me on social media. So then invited me in for a, a brew. And then next thing you know, I'm having eight months later, I've just set up my own agency. I've left the day job. So I want to know from you, you know, sort of, does that sound right? Is, you know, I'm not saying there's a right way or a wrong way to sell. There's many ways with personality, but what are the key things that you've picked up on? Because this is the message that I share with people. I just share my experience of how I've been able to sell. I think, I think long winded, wasn't it? Aren't, yeah. Well, no, it wasn't. It was interesting. The greatest salespeople aren't, aren't, you know, extrovert characters. The greatest salespeople are people that know how to ask really good questions. And if, if you're, if you learn the craft of being able to ask really good questions and you have a high level of integrity and you care for the outcome of the person that you're working with, you've got a fighting chance of getting somewhere. You know, as you've heard me on stage, I have my one rule is if you wouldn't sell it to your mum, then you shouldn't sell it to anyone. And that's something that really is important to me because I meet a lot of people that sell because they think they're going to make some money or make more money than they would have done with a steady job. Um, but if you compromise your integrity, what does that make you? What, what kind of a human being are you? Um, and so for me, that's really important. Now, there's obviously different types of selling because there's different types of things to be sold. Um, and you know, sometimes it's solution-based selling, sometimes it's pushing products. But I think that the, the way the world has evolved uh, over the course of the last, what I've been selling for what, since 1987. So 23, what's that? 23, 33 years. No. Yeah. 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 That's a long time. Um, <laughs> you look 25. <laughs> <laughs> in a few weeks. Um, and so I'm a miserable old git now though. So the coronavirus <laughs> thing means I might not be able to have a party, which is just fine by me. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> my wife will go mad. Um, but I think that, that, that the, as, as, as the world changed, so did, so did selling. And so it went from us going out there and finding prospects and trying to sell to them and offer them wonderful levels of service to being in a business where you had to bring value to people. And if you can bring value with integrity, then you build a brand. And if you build a brand, you know, it's the same thing that I say about Coca-Cola. Nobody ever goes in the pub, in a coffee shop, in a cafe and says, can I have a can of Pepsi? No. They always say, can I have a Coke? Yeah. Um, or a Diet Coke, and, and that's because Coca-Cola understood the value and the power of brand. And there's, you know, it's exactly the same as, um, you know, photocopiers, we used to call them Xeroxes, that's because of the power of brand. You know, why do we call them Hoovers and not vacuum cleaners? Well, that's because of the power of a brand and now Dyson have taken over this. There's a million examples of brand. Yeah. But 
I think that, that, that it's really important to understand it. And so many salespeople and people in business are short-sighted because I need to get leads, I need to make sales, I need to get clients, I need to make money. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you do. I get that. I'm not saying you don't. But if you take a journey of working out how you're going to build a brand, you can do so far more effectively than when I was 17 or 20 or 25 years old because of the, the devices and tools we have available to us. To us. But what I, what I find is that everybody can have success literally everybody can have success. It's just the stories that they tell themselves as to why they can't. It's nine times out of 10, they get in their own way. It's their, it's their habits, it's their behaviors, it's their excuses, it's the noise that's created between their ears. And a lot of people focus, and this is what happens, a lot of people focus on long-term objectives. Over the next one, three, five years, I'm gonna achieve X, Y, and Z, and that never happens. And that's because, you know what people started this year 2020 we know the new generate the new year the new decade with these big objectives as losing weight giving up smoking making a million dollars or whatever it might be yeah and, and 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 the fact is that doesn't last very long because again a year is too long to plan for you, you need to give yourself little wind you need to give yourself confidence boosters okay. and so as far as i'm concerned is you keep everything very short term you look no further than 90 days in fact look 30 days and build out something that matters to you that you believe is achievable in 30 days. And you know, that, that might not be your ultimate goal, but at least at the end of those 30 days, you'd have rather broken it down and know what activity you need to do. But at the end of the 30 days, if you achieve it, it will give you uh, some self-confidence and it will help your self-esteem. And if you could do that the next time, it's just like losing weight. You know, if I can get to the end of the month and I can lose, you know, three kilos, I'll be happy. If yeah. I can lose 2% body fat, I'll be happy. It will give me motivation. You know, if I get to the end of the month and I've lost no kilos, or I've lost no body fat, then that can be a bit depressing. If I put body fat percentage on or I put kilos on, then that's, that neg me right out. Yeah. But that's what most people get to. That's where they go. And so the, the, the way that the human mind works is fascinating because if you feed it little bits of good news, if you feed it little success stories, there's little wins, little wins. Okay. It's like a dog with a biscuit. It will sit on it. It will turn over it. It'll roll it late. It'll, it'll you know, put his hands on your hands. It will, it will, all those kind of great things that a dog will do. Keep feeding it the biscuit. It'll do the tricks. It'll do more. It's exactly the same. We have to feed our brain with little wins. And okay. sometimes positive self-talk isn't enough. Okay, we need to get past positive self-talk because it just isn't enough for a lot of people. You need a factual win. You need to be able to say, yeah, but I did this and I'm happy with that. And, and you know, being a salesperson, maybe you've got a sales manager, being an entrepreneur or a business owner, maybe you're the owner of a business and you have no one patting you on the back. Yep. Okay. You, you, you need to give yourself a, you know, a feel-good feeling. And it, you know, I even break down goals to small things. You know, we're working at home at the moment, but... yeah. I won't have a coffee until I've achieved the things on my list. Okay. So I get up in the morning, I go and do my exercise early in the morning, have my breakfast, and then I, and I, I go and put my suit on for work, and then I'm ready to work. Yeah. And I'm like, I want a coffee at 10 o'clock. And I'm like, right, I'm going to have a coffee at 10 o'clock. What have I got to do to get a coffee? And I'll literally okay. list things out, and I've got to get them done. And it's like, I get them done. Yeah, yeah I, it's my reward. Yes. Okay, I got my coffee. So I'll go and make my coffee and, I, and, I, and I'll probably grab a biscuit and I probably shouldn't. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> I go, and, I, and uh, the biscuit, <laughs> I don't know why. Why do we, why do we always take two biscuits? Oh, we, only you know what? we take two and we put them straight, but we took the box back. Anyway, that's another yeah. matter. I love a biscuit. <laughs> um, and so I take the biscuit, I have my coffee. I take, you know, 10 minutes to have my coffee and my biscuit. And um, I've earned that. Yeah. So there's no guilt around it. You know, if someone says, well, you're not working very hard. I was like, well, I did earn it. You know, there was four things I had to do in the last hour and I've smashed through them all. If I didn't get them done and it took an extra 20 minutes to get it done, then guess what? It has to get done. So what you're doing is you're, you're, you're kind of gamifying the process, aren't you? Gamifying the success. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Because I've got a lot, a lot of people in my community, so I've got a Facebook community that predominantly this podcast was, was designed for. The Facebook community is called Tea with Steve. The podcast is called Tea with Steve. It's about helping people build their personal brand and it's then bringing in the resources to feed that community. I have a lot of people in the community who um, are solopreneurs, entrepreneurs. We've got millionaires in there. They're coming from completely different places, but they all struggle to sell themselves their product their service because i think that what i see is that they're trying to sell something to the person and it maybe just 
it's not what they need it's not what they you know yeah, this is what steve jobs said though this is where tech people get it wrong they invent the technology and they try to get people to buy the technology rather than yep. understand what the consumer needs and invent the technology around what the consumer needs and so that, that that's for me you know if you if you want to sell lots of something then find a problem for create a solution for that problem that everyone's got and you'll sell it easy but you know a lot of people don't know how to sell because they don't and you know, I, I don't know how to i don't know how to design a house nope i haven't got a clue i don't know how to build a house i haven't got a clue but if i want to design a house then you know and that's my industry i'm going to go and i'm going to go and study to be an architect or oh, you're going to hire a builder or well you outsource somebody <laughs> of course and it's yeah. like it's like knowing this is like i i don't but again, if the architect had never done any architects before, had never done any building design before, and it was his first time, you'd be like, maybe not you. Yeah. Why, why do people have it in their head that learning how to sell, professionally learning how to sell, okay, isn't important? I'll give you a couple of stats, interesting stats. Here in the United Arab Emirates on Google searches, there's less than 500 searches a month for sales training. Wow. In the United States, so United Kingdom, there are 50,000 searches per month for sales training. Okay. And your audience can go and do it. If they understand how Google works, they can find this out. In the United States, they don't call it sales training. They call it sales coaching. And there's only 10,000 searches for sales coaching. Okay. But there's millions of searches for entrepreneurship. And this is, you know, I, I, I should rename what I do, you know, how to be a successful entrepreneur. But because I, because I, I'm, I'm so focused on sales and care so much about sales, I think that, that people miss the point. The, the, the reality is you must, if, you want, if you're going to build a business, you must know how to sell what, you're, what you make. You must know how to sell it, whatever it is, if it's service, if it's a product. You have to, before you even start, you have to know how to sell it. Don't you go winging it. Because you will fail, okay? I guarantee you, if you wing it, you will fail. Because selling isn't only about selling yourself and selling your products and your service. Selling is about strategy. It's about how you find the prospect, how you convert the prospect. It's about what you do online. It's about how you build your brand, what your social media content is, what it does, okay, what story it tells, what story you're sharing. This all is formed as part of your sales process, not your marketing process. You're all these people that I'm a digital marketer. Bullshit. No, you're not. You sell shit online. You're a digital salesperson. Yeah. It doesn't sound very cool, does it? So I'm nope. going to be a digital marketer. <laughs> That's the thing. That's what I was coming to. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneur sounds cool. But being a salesman, you know, there's such a, there's such a stigma. It's like mental health. There's such a stigma here in the UK with salesmen. It's like Swiss Tony and the cheesy car salesman. And in all honesty, that, that frustrates me. Because I enjoyed selling and being a salesman and fixing people's problems and bringing them value. But what I got was that they didn't value me because they thought I was just going to try and sell them something. It wasn't until I had that conversation that they, and we built a relationship. And it, when I was building my brand to leave radio, I wasn't trying to leave radio when I first um, started. I was trying to give value to the audience so they would they would actually know like and trust me to have a conversation with me so i can tell them the benefits of this if it was suited them but they just think you're trying to flog them something all the time and that's the stigma that people still have with sales but that's that because that for me is where salespeople get it wrong if mm. someone says you're trying to sell me something i would say to them why what are you looking to buy you know I, i'd lean into that whereas a lot of sales people, no i'm not trying to sell you anything i'm just trying to be this just trying to be that it's like well do you need to buy something well, i don't know well, if i've got something you might be interested in buying is it worth talking to you about it it's like lean into it now i was a financial advisor for 25 years and 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 very fortunate because the the, the kind of clients i dealt with were were very wealthy people and so we got paid enormous amounts of money because there were lots more zeros on the kind of investments people were making but it's you know it's like when you say to me what do you do for a living I want to help people become millionaires. And they'd look at me and go, what? And I'd look straight back at them and I'd say, I help people become millionaires. Why? When you look them straight in the eye and you go between the eyeballs and you're deadly serious about what you do, they then just stop. Now, is that something you might like to learn about? They're like, well, maybe. Okay. And they want to then ask you a question. Mm. And I would say, no, not right now. You can ask me a question in my office, not here. 
And so, <laughs> so it's that, it, you know, it, again, it was, you know, as an example of what I did, it's like, it's like the thing about referrals. I love referrals. I think referrals yeah. are just the most amazing thing in the whole wide world. That, that to me, getting referrals is just, 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 just brilliant. And everybody I've ever met always says, oh, I like referrals. Referrals are great. If I got loads of referrals every week, I'd be laughing my face off. I wouldn't be able to stop selling. Well, why don't you get loads of referrals? Because well, either you don't ask or you fear rejection. Or you don't value referrals right. in the way, i.e. you don't think you're worth it. So it's like I don't do business with anybody unless they're willing to refer me. I don't care what it is. Okay. And so I make sure at the beginning of doing any meetings with anybody, understand. And, and it's a quite a simple pitch. I say to people, have you ever, is there any time in your life you've ever had to make a cold call? And most people go, oh, yeah, yeah, I did it when I was at college or whatever it may be. Yep. Did you enjoy it? And they go, no. And, and can I ask, have you ever received a cold call? And they go, yeah, of course I have. Did you ever enjoy receiving cold calls? No. Yeah. They're crap, aren't they? Yes. Good. I can't, I'm never going to cold call you. All right. I don't believe in cold calling. Now, mm. have you ever been to a networking event and stood there with a bunch of random strangers and had to make small talk with them? And they're like, yeah, I've been to one of those. Great. It's crap, isn't it? You're standing there at a networking event, but all you actually want to do is you want to go sell to people, but you don't know who to talk to. You don't know how to build relationships with people and it's an uncomfortable thing to do. And they go, yeah, yeah that's right. Well, yeah. I don't like doing that either. I just hate it. It seems so false and insincere. Yeah. The way I work is by referral. Now, if I'm really valuable to you today, I, won't, I don't know that until the end of the meeting, but if I'm really valuable to you today, I'm going to ask you at the end of the meeting to think about people that you know that I don't know that I could talk to about my products or service. Yeah. But don't worry right now, let me demonstrate the value. And so I'm letting them know at the beginning that we're going to be working by referral. And yeah. I, that, that for me, when I was selling financial advice, I was about, I think I was about 25 when the penny dropped. And it just went whoosh on the back of it. And I knew I needed to get 45 referrals a week and no one in my industry had ever got 45 referrals a week. They're like, 45 referrals a month was like legendary. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I need to see 15 people in my diary. I need to see 10 out of the 15 that are in my diary. I get three referrals, I get one meeting. So I need to get 45 referrals to get 15 meetings in the diary to get 10 people seen. So that's nine a day. So that's four and a half in the morning, four and a half in the afternoon. And my brain was like, well, I can find four and a half referrals in the morning. And so I became obsessed with getting referrals. I be, it, it became all-consuming. And yep. when it became all-consuming, this is the difference between myself and the other people that I've worked with over the years, is when it became all-consuming, it became a must. And it became a must. And so I didn't negotiate with myself around it. There wasn't negotiation. Right, okay. I negotiate around a chocolate digestive. I negotiate around that for sure. Shouldn't have it, but I'm going to have it, yeah? So I'm as, I'm as guilty as lots of people in many areas. Right? It's not like I'm superhuman. But in that one area, I knew I wasn't going to negotiate. It wasn't a discussion. It was going to happen. And that was so powerful in my career that it literally just took me to, to great successes that I had along the way. And, and, and even to this day, constantly, you know, whenever I'm interviewing somebody on my podcast, I'm like, tell me one person you know that I should talk to who should come on the podcast. And they go, oh, there's all these different people. Exactly the same when I'm taking on corporate clients. Right, okay, who do you know can I talk to? Taking on retail clients, who do you know that I can talk to? Always ask them because for me, okay, what's the worst thing anyone could say? No, not good. I've got no one to share with you. Yeah. Oh, I'm wounded. <laughs> like, oh, he said no to me. I've got to face a bit of rejection. Oh, rejection's tough. Oh, get over yourself. <laughs> and you know what? And that is one of the things that I'm finding with my community. And I don't mean them specifically. I mean, people around me, you know, right now, it's, it's the time, rejection. It's just no one likes being told no. It's like being in a relationship, isn't it? You know, it, and that's what people struggle with. So what are you, what's your advice apart from get over it? Are there any steps you, you teach people or support people with? Around which bit in particular? The, the fear of rejection. Okay, so again, the fear of rejection. What, what's interesting about the fear of rejection is that it's a mind play. All, all mm. the fear of rejection is is a story. And so the way that you handle the fear of rejection is, is you look at times that you've actually asked questions and got yeses, or you've asked something and got yes. And, and the way is just to sit and think about when that first happened. And that was when we were kids and we said, dad, can I have, can I have? And he went, no. And then you went to mum, mum, dad said. Oh, Still up into my house now. 
can I have? And she says, did you ask your father? Yeah, I did. What did he say? Well, he didn't say no. Okay. <laughs> and you find a way, you find a way to get it. Cause you, cause you, and, and those wins prove to you that it's not all bad news. And so you have to go in and remember those times. You have to remember the times when you got the job. You know, you went for the job interview and you got the job. Yep. I know that you didn't get every job, but you got the job in, in, in some examples. The time when you passed a driving test, you got a win. Okay, you have to look into all those times that you've had wins. And if you actually sit down and spend a, an afternoon doing it, you can write out a list of an enormous amount of wins you've had in your life. Yeah. Okay. That could, that could be your, 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 your Sunday football team that you play for winning a, you know, the cup competition. It could be a penalty competition. It could be something at school where you've worked hard and you've achieved something. All these little wins that we've had along the way, if you actually add them up, it should prove to you that actually, if you didn't fight for any of those, you wouldn't have got them. And because you did fight, you got them. Right. So when it comes to rejection, remember, you're not always going to get rejected. But you get rejected from everything you don't ask for. So yeah. you, have to, you have no choice but to ask. And then take an example of me when I was 17, 18 years old. And I, 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 my job started in London selling photocopiers. And I, I worked in a patch in the city. EC3 was my patch. I had to make 100 door knocks a day. I then had to make 100 cold calls a day. And I had a great, a great coach. And he's a guy that, that I, I connected with a couple of years ago after not speaking for 25, 30 years and he'd been following my career and it's fantastic, but he was a great coach. He said to me, look, you've got to go and find 99 people now to say no to you. And I was like, what? Mm. It's really important. And, I'm like, and I was young, so I wasn't, I wasn't arguing or questioning it. I was like, okay, that's what I've got to do. He said, you need to find 99 no's. He said, because after you get 99 no's, you'll get one yes but you won't get a single yes until you've got 99 no's. So bear in mind, it will come, but you've got to get the 99 no's first. So then what do you do? You pick up your phone. Not a phone, it was attached to the blooming desk, but you pick up your phone <laughs> and you start, you know, for you young people, phones used to have this thing on, okay? You used to look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one, oh, one, what was London? Oh, 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 I don't know. Oh, the older days, it was an oh, one, two, no, that was Birmingham, oh, one, two, one. Anyway, oh, one. Um, and you used to dial and when, when you used to dial and you'd pitch someone on the telephone and they'd go, no, F off, B off or whatever it is. or yeah. the phone And you'd go, all right, have a good day, mate. And you'd put the phone down. And at that time, because like, I knew I needed rejection to get success, I bought into that story and that has conditioned me for the rest of my life knowing, look, I have to get no's. Not everyone's going to say, if you go into a bar and there's 10 women lined up and you go and you chat to 10 women, not everyone's going to say yes, because not everyone's, not everyone's interested in you. But if there's 10, you've got a fighting chance that one of them might allow you to buy them a drink or a coffee or whatever it may be. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly the same in business. You know that not everyone's right for you. Sometimes your personalities don't match your character. Maybe your pitch is off point. Okay. Maybe your pitch doesn't resonate. Maybe your pitch does resonate with one person. You know, if I had to make 10 phone calls to get one sale, 10 phone calls to make, get one sale. And I knew that's what I had to do. Back in those days, it was 99 phone calls to one yes. So yep. 10 to one, it was just like, that's utopia. That's heaven. <laughs> the funny is that people that don't know how to sale, if they've got to make 10 phone calls and get rejected nine times to get one, that, that's like, that's devastating. It's like, a, it's like an attack on their personality, their character and their wherewithal. It's like really, it's, it's someone having a, a, personal, a personal dig at them. But you've got to understand it's not. It's business and some people are interested in what you're selling and some people aren't. And why should everybody be interested in what you sell? Why is what you're selling interesting for everyone? You're not interested in everything everyone wants to sell. So no. you're the same as everyone else. And so for me, dealing with rejection is understanding that you have to, you have to find no's. Okay, but no's are your school. Okay, no's are your education. Because with every no, you learn something. Yeah. And so use it as a platform to learn. Seek, seek rejection. Seek it. And what you'll find is the more you seek it, the faster you'll learn and the less in the long run you'll get it. So you've got people now who are stuck indoors. Okay, they're, you know, 
people are, you know, I'm reluctant. I hate picking up the phone and doing the cold calling stuff. What I found a way and method of doing it is putting, I, you know, I, I deliver lots of content. I go and reach out to people on a regular daily basis through social media, but not trying to sell them something. I try and, if there's someone that I've got something that's valuable to, i.e. a specific piece of content, I've got, say this podcast, for instance, I can think of at least 20 or 30 people who this podcast would be valuable to and they and would benefit their life. So I will share the podcast with them is that the right way to go from a sales perspective or is, do you have different ways of I suppose, social selling or selling online? Okay. So push selling and pull selling. So pull selling is when you bring value, 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 value. Yep. Okay. People come to you and say, you know what? You're really valuable to me. Okay. I need to get a sales trainer, Spencer. So guess what? Okay. You're the guy for me because they, they know, like, and trust already. Yeah. Yep. And so that that's pull selling. For lots of people, that's kind of, they, they, they think of that as long-winded selling or, or long-term selling. And to some degree it is because you're building a brand. Don't ever be ashamed of having something to sell. Okay. okay. Be ashamed of having something to sell that you think everyone needs to buy when they don't. Yeah. So if you're selling, I don't know, mobility scooters, there's not much point trying to sell them to kids, is there? They'd be racing oh, them. I'm going to be young. I don't know. They nick them, they? Um, <laughs> and so it's like, it's like, really, when you think about it, it's like, target your audience. Find, yeah. find people that would want to buy your services. If, you, if you've got a venue for weddings, then you know, find people that are getting married. Um, when it comes to understanding your market, you could do so much more nowadays on social media in terms of understanding who your market is. And, and you can really drill down into specific areas. And I still think to this day, even though you're at the, the marketing conference, I still think to this day, so most people are completely oblivious. I think most people still 15 or year 16, I think this is, or 15, whatever it is of Facebook. Most people still haven't got a bloody clue, okay, that you can geotag something or they haven't got a clue, okay, that you can do lookalike audiences, or they haven't got a clue yeah. that they can target an age group, a nationality, a profession, all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, there was, there was a guy, uh, one of the financial advisors in one of my companies the other day, he's like, what am I gonna do? We're not allowed out, it's Corona time. I might well get on Zoom. And all of the work we do is digital, and so we, we got on Zoom, a Zoom together, and I was showing him all the documents on, on the screen, and he's like, can, can I use this for my clients? And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, so I could literally have my face on one side and we could have the, the digital financial report on the other side. I'm like, yes, yes, we can, mate. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. How cool yep. is that? Oh, I'm going to save so much time. I don't need to go and see all my clients all the time for this. And it's just like, you know. <laughs> and, and he works in a business. With the, the, we, the business is paperless. Yeah. The business is a paperless business. <laughs> he went paperless in October 2018. He's been there. Okay. He's watched it happen. So, so many people are oblivious. So many people just walk around with their head in the clouds. Okay. Looking at a shiny piece of paper, wondering why their business isn't going in the direction they want it to. You, with digital strategies, you can, you can really drill down and focus on individuals or focus on companies you want to do business with. You can demonstrate that you work in certain sectors. You can niche down, you can create content that goes into those niches. You can do that really easily and speak to those people. You can find other people that are interested in the kind of things that you do by, you know, if you take me, for example, you know, when I, when I, when I'm looking at looking like audiences, I'm looking at Gary Vaynerchuk and Grant Cardone and Tony Robbins and Ty Lopez. These, these are the people that if my, the, the people out there that follow those guys, I'm, I'm, I'm in that, I'm in that world. So yep. guess what? I'll go find those people. Um, and, and again, you know, when Tony Robbins was here in Dubai, when, when I, when I interviewed him, we, he was in an arena called the Coca-Cola arena. It's like, I want to know everyone in that arena. There's 10,000 people in that today. They need to get my content. So we geotagged the arena and everyone got my content. And so three or four times, every time they were going online in Facebook and Instagram and stuff, I was coming up, you know, jazz hands, smiling away and chatting away. And, um, and by association, I, I was able to get that done. And so again, I didn't know about geotagging once. I'm 50 years old. I had to learn four years ago. Yeah. I didn't know much about social media. I had to learn. And I think all of us can learn. And while you're sat at home right now, you can take some time to learn some shit that you don't already know. Now, 100%. Will, it be, will it be a bit of a head FC UK? Um, for sure, at first. For sure. 
because yep. you've got to get your head around something you haven't known before. So it's kind of mechanical and cumbersome and confusing and it makes your head go, ah, but when you realize how things can really work for you, okay, it's really valuable. It's like a CRM system. A CRM system is designed to help salespeople, yet salespeople ain't using them. It's like, no, yeah. no it's, it's going to help you. Oh, no, but I don't like feeling data in on it. So it's like, you're an idiot. But then, um, yeah, I mean, I can ramble on about this kind of stuff all day long because I'm so passionate about it. So going from the, that end of the scale right down to the other end of the scale. So people who are small business owners, because that's who I'm not, I know I've got an audience of listening that, who are building their brand, you know, they want to get their, they're, they're leaving their day jobs. You know, they've built a side hustle. They're trying to get to their first 100K. What, what's your advice and I suppose tips, hacks, whatever you want to call it, or just simple advice for those people right now? Um, understand how something hurts, like physically hurts. You cut your arm, you graze your knee, understand pain, understand stubbing your toe. It's really painful. It, Wim Hof teaches you to go into an ice bath. It's called the ice man. It teaches you to go into an ice bath and not feel the pain of being in that ice bath. For me, feeling the pain of stubbing your toe is important because if you want to be successful in business, it's going to be painful. So you've got to get conditioned to stubbing your toe every day. So that stubbing of your toe becomes less painful. Okay. And you've got to accept the pain. You've got to accept the loneliness. You've got to, you've got to learn to find a way to accept that into you. Okay. And accept that all of these things are going to fly in your face and it's going to hurt and it's going to be depressing. It's going to be lonely. And if you, if you're prepared for it, you can handle it much better. You know, if, if you train in the military and you, you know, you don't know you're going to be out on the blooming Broadmoor or wherever it is out in the blooming up, up north somewhere on the moors, and in the middle of the night, you're going to be left there and you're going to have to survive for three days on rations in, in a cold in soaking wet clothes. If you don't know that, it will come a big shock to you. Mm. But if you prepare for it and you know in advance, you know what, I've got three days, it's going to be freezing cold, I've got to work out how to use these rations, I've got to make sure that I don't get caught and I get back to base or whatever it might be. You, you get into the right frame of mind to deal with it. It's not pretty, but you get in the right frame of mind. So if you've got a small business, you've got to be in the right frame of mind. But don't sell shit just because you like it. It's yep. important you sell something that other people want to buy. So if you've got a small business, sell stuff that people want to buy. And if, and if there, there isn't an audience out there for it, okay, don't waste your time with it. Now, okay. if you have an audience for what you sell, there is an audience out there, make sure you are the go-to expert for that subject matter to that audience. And you know, every day you can make a video. Every single day, document your life, document your journey, document your challenge every single day and don't let up and you know for your viewers if they want to know how to do it look i'm no genius but i've worked out how to do it just go and follow my instagram okay on my linkedin and just copy me <laughs> literally just copy it steal it whatever i say that resonates with you nick it and say it yourself it doesn't matter okay copy me because you need to be producing content and you need to be getting people's attention and if you're not getting people's attention or people don't know like and trust you or people don't see that you're an expert then you are going to be in a battle okay because there's other people out there that are going to be in your industry that are going to steal your clients whether whether they've got a better product or a worse product won't won't won't, won't matter but they'll get your clients because people will know them better than they'll know you so right now there's been an increase online of um, online activity about 40% across the the world so how often are you producing content do you have a specific schedule um are you are you just literally are you hitting it every day by yourself and then you are you outsourcing are you are you have you got your team what's what's your process so i I'm, I'm interested I have a producer and videographer that works with me. So she records pretty much, well, not everything on the, on the, on the we have, we have the whole camera set up and stuff. She records a lot of it. So we do bits and pieces on the phones, one minute micros and no, not one, one minute stuff that we do to promote something. We might do Instagram stories. We do on the phones, but yeah, I have her with me. She's full-time employee. I yep. have a team of people that are outsourced that are here in Dubai a company that do the PR plus social media posting, um, 
and um, do the copy. Yep. But again, you, I mean, when I first started, I had none of that. I just, uh, I walked around with a phone in me and uh, most, most of my stuff at the beginning was me in the car because I thought I was a genius yep. for getting those things that stuck on the windscreen and I could put my phone <laughs> in it. I was just like, yeah, you know, and I'm just driving in my car on the way home to see my family. Is <laughs> that people like, you shouldn't have your phone on while you're driving, you wanker. And all yep. stuff like that. <laughs> I've had that too. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, your family don't even live in Dubai, you lie <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff but you know as you're learning you're getting it all wrong and then a yeah. few years ago i was learning i was getting it all wrong but um yeah i post every single day we post um i find that for the business that i'm in the the best platform is linkedin okay um and so uh, you get way more long form content or, or comments sorry when you post on linkedin believe yeah. it or not it's not my videos or my images okay that actually get the biggest uh, audience or the okay. biggest uh, engagement it's actually when i uh, if i've come out of a meeting and something's pissed me off i then write on linkedin okay about whoever's pissed me off and i ask people questions and because i'm in a heightened state of frustration yeah the, it, the, the the point i'm making comes across as a bit more controversial okay it evokes a lot more reaction yeah um, it's emotional yeah and so i do that you know people are going yeah no yeah no whatever it may be but they write a lot and so i get, I get to engage a lot so i like linkedin um and also linkedin has so much more organic reach than the, the yeah. facebook instagrams of the world um you know i've got twenty four thousand people on linkedin there's i don't know there's across my two instagrams there's probably forty thousand. the facebook sixty thousand. these aren't massive numbers um but I think TikTok's a really important platform to look at now to put content on. And I know you'll see kids dancing on there, but but trust me, it's going to be it's going to be bigger than Instagram. And people are spending like way more time on yeah. TikTok than they do on Instagram right now because it's entertaining. So um, we post every day. I do the podcast once or twice a week, so a minimum once a week we have an episode going out with a guest, yep. and then I do a Sunday night Facebook and Instagram live where I educate. And that, uh, if it's good enough, and Alessia, who's sitting over there, Alessia says that was good. We then use that as a podcast episode as well. Okay. Um, at the moment, you can go live every day. That you can go live on Instagram or Facebook every day. Don't matter how big your audience is, just go live. Start, start sharing your knowledge. Engage with people. Interview people. Ask people about stuff. Learn about stuff. You know, find people in your industry that you can have a debate with. Find people in your, you know, your 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 logistical, you know, uh, what do you call it? Your um, uh, your process flow that, are, that are, are valuable to share some content with you to brainstorm something, share, give value. You can keep all of this stuff. You can post it to your stories. There's so much you can do. I get to get people going, I've got no audience. I've got no audience. Okay. But you've got money to go and buy dinner in a five-star restaurant at the weekend. You've got money to go and buy yourself a pair of jeans and you've got money to get pissed in the pub. Spend some of that money on building your audience. Yep. 100%. Yeah, and it's really. If you spent 50 quid a week, okay, it'd be worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when we were at EMC 2020, Matt talked about his, you know, his five pound a day thing that they do for the blog, you know, and look at what they've built up, you know. And it's really interesting that you've mentioned about your Sunday evenings because, and then it's on what you said about go to your content and steal it. I have done that. <laughs> so you said on stage about, you know, uh, Matt said about if you take only one thing away, you know, or if you take something away, make sure it's just one thing that you're going to take action on. So as a, as a thank you to you, um, I, you said about events. So I, I, I set three dates in my diary for live, for live events, um, to do a Q and a with, with people who want my stuff, but maybe can't afford to hire me. Um, so that was a free event. Unfortunately, coronavirus kicked in. Um, but we held the event online. We did a zoom, you know, and there's 25 people on that zoom call. And then on a Sunday night, I now in that corner that looks like a building site, <laughs> I call it business from the bunker. And it's, it's half an hour with me on Facebook and Instagram live. Brilliant. You know, it's, it. I, I took it. your advice and implemented it. And I think you know, it's, it's not so much, it is stealing, but it's not stealing. It's like, it, it's take, it's success leaves clues, doesn't it? A couple of interesting things with this, okay? If you go, a lot of people go, there was a guy that even asked it at the event, you know, oh, 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 why do you give, would you give everything away or do you keep stuff? No, I'm like, give it away. Because they won't use it, but there's an important thing to consider here. When you go live on a whatever night of the week is, like for me, it's Sunday night. Yep. I know there's an audience of people out there of which the majority of that audience can't afford me. Mm. So they're never going to become clients anyway. Yeah, and there's, there's a portion of that audience that can afford me. Yep. 
if I'm bringing enough value to those people, they'll engage with me. Yep. So for me, doing the live is, is, is as much brand as it is business development anyway. Yeah. You know, I, I'll do a Q&A once a month here. There'll be 40, 50 people come along and it'll be like, right, it's two hours. Okay. And I'll answer questions for two hours. You can come along with any question you've got. The subject matter is going to be X or Y. I get, I get corporate clients paying me a lot of money that come down. I don't, I don't know who these people are when they come. I don't know. Are. Okay. They pay me a lot of money because they've sat there for two hours, asked questions and they're clear in their mind that I'm the expert. So yep. all these little things you can do, they're not difficult. Okay. You can, everyone can find a village hall to do stuff with you. You've only got to start with your own community to start with. You haven't got to go to London. You can go, what, what town are you from? There's, that's your thing. That's your town. Cause yep. there's enough business in your town to get you going really well. Thank you very much. And you haven't got to go far from home. No, no. I mean, I, the idea was that I was, um, it was a cafe in Norwich, um, it, it, where I live and the cafe was part of the big library. It was free for everyone to come. There was parking. There was decent tea and coffee. I was going to pay for it. They're going to come and hang around with me for two hours, exactly as you suggested. And um, unfortunately, because they couldn't make the, you know, because of coronavirus, we came and did it on Zoom. I provided them with a Zoom link. They came on. We recorded it. Um, and it's gone very, very well. And, you know, my my online, so my, my Facebook community now as a result of that, people are coming into that. The word of mouth has, has happened. We do the live on a Sunday night. Literally, I've modeled you and it's and and it, and it is working so i'm very grateful for the information you shared with us thank you Wise, man. spend 100 quid on advertising and you'll get twice as many people yeah yeah so what are they so give us you know the so the, the, the final pieces before i because i've taken up plenty of your time and i'm very grateful but what's the what's the, the the last thing you want to leave the podcast listeners with to take action on i want to, i want to do what i did when i saw you what resonated with you about what I said? What touched you? It was the fact that you, okay, you're the first salesman that I've had a conversation with that I was actually genuine. That was it. It was, it was honesty and integrity. It was, you were genuine. You gave, you know, there was no, you know, even though we were told we're never going to be sold to at all, I was never sold to. It was just value, 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 value. And that's what I try to pride myself on. Look, there's a lot of people out there that are going to, try and provide value and they're going to forget to ask for the business expecting someone just to come up and buy from them anyway. So it's important that people understand that value comes um, with, with some conditions, okay. but sell what you love. Okay. It's really important to sell what you love. It just really is because if you sell what you, I, I sold, I sold my first, my first selling job was only lasted a month. I was selling um, cash registers, tills, and I had, to, I had a, a, a presenter with a bunch of brochures in and I had to knock on every shop door in Green Lanes in North London. I did it for a month. It was horrible. I was like going into a shop, do you want a till? And they'd be like, no, I've got one. <laughs> All right. And you go to the next shop, do you want a till? A till? Yeah. No, I've got one. <laughs> that, was like, that, that was all day every day until there was one shop that was having a fit out and i went do you want a deal and i went oh what is it actually and i sold a deal that was like 120 quid's worth of bloody cash register and i had to give some free paper for the old rolls in there and i'm like this is not good the next job was a trainee car salesman at bmw got sacked after a month for having a bad attitude but i thought that was quite cool but only because <laughs> we came with a 316 bmw back then and that was epic um then i was selling photocopiers and whilst whilst uh, copiers weren't so sexy and exciting working in London in an office with a hundred people had lots of atmosphere banter. I loved being at work. And so, and I was trained really well. It was only when I got into financial services that I started to sell what I loved because, and I get really angry, like really angry with dickheads that have families that don't have life insurance and okay. people that think at 45 years old that, that, that haven't any provisions together for their retirement, okay, think, think that's okay. Look, when we get to 65 years old, we could argue that we could continue to work. You know, my dad worked till he was 75. But also, I'm sitting on a podcast right now with a guy that had a heart attack at 34. So you can't guarantee your health. Yeah. And so don't think you can. And you might live for 30 years. And invariably, if you don't plan for it, you're not going to have enough money and you're going to be poor through retirement. And one third of your life, you're going to be poor. It's just like, why would you do that? So I came from a place of so much utter conviction because I believe so strongly, okay, it's always made it really 
really easy for me to sell financial services because you can't argue with me on it. I don't care who you are. You're not having an argument with me on it. All right. It's not for discussion. If you've got a family and you've got kids and you die and you don't leave them anything to look after them, you're selfish. All right. If you haven't got critical illness cover and you have a heart attack, a stroke, cancer, whatever it is, and you can't go to work and you can't pay your mortgage, then you're an idiot. Okay. You know, and all these kind of things to me are just like common sense. If you don't have a will, you're a wally. You know, if you don't try and avoid inheritance tax, you're a wally. And if you don't have enough money by the time you're 65, then guess what? Okay. Your wife probably doesn't know about it until you're 64 and she still then realizes and uh, you've messed around with her future as well as your own. Mm -hmm. So for me, be passionate about what you sell, care about what you sell, uh, whatever you're selling, it must really matter to you because you, you have so much more conviction. Um, if you want to be successful, you can be okay. Don't think anybody can stop you. Don't allow limitations to get in your way. If you want to be successful in your business, solopreneur, salesperson, whatever it is, you can. You need to find the skills, you need to learn them, practically practice them and practically implement them, make mistakes and keep pushing forward. There's too many people in life that have settled. They're just existing, they're just going through the motions and that's gonna lead to misery without fail. And, and I know I'm 50 years old in a couple of months time our life flies past us and i certainly don't want to live with regret and all those people out there that are now in their 60s in their 70s that didn't live the life that they dreamed of didn't have that dream existence okay all those people out there are cursing the fact that didn't happen if you're in your 30s right now you could be the same as those people or you could do something about it you could take some action and so don't miss the opportunity every day is a chance and right now while there's things you can't do you can for sure get on a study you can for sure invest your time into becoming a better professional just like you can call every single one of your clients right now because most of them will answer the phone right now because they've yeah. got bug all else to do okay <laughs> you can communicate with everyone don't underestimate the work involved but don't underestimate your own ability do not underestimate what you can do because you will surprise yourself if you just pushed yourself out there and tried. And if you don't believe me, go and look at some examples out there of people that have done it. Okay. Let's take football as the analogy. Alex Ferguson. Okay. Think about it. Okay. Go and look at Jurgen Klopp. Okay. Go and look at these people that have been able to change a business. Okay. A, a football team is a business. All right. Change it. Okay, by implementing new skills, new strategies, new mindset, new beliefs within a team of people. Look at companies that have been bought by business people that were failing that are now huge successes. Look at people that you've worked with over the years that you thought would never amount to much, but now are doing great things. Look at the people you left school with. Look at the people you used to compete with. There's nothing worse than meeting the guy in the supermarket that went to school with you and was in your class and is smashing it and you're not and you're full of piss and wind and excuses. There's nothing worse than that. You can have greatness and your family expects you at least to give your best every day. So make sure that you do. Hey, I'm leaving it on a high note. That was epic and great advice. Thank you ever so much, Spencer. Spencer, where can everyone connect with you? Because I want them to get as much value from you as possible. Um, if you want to see my latest stuff, go to Instagram, spencer.lodge, S-P-E-N-C-E-R dot L-O-D-G-E. I know my name sounds like an old people's home, but tough. Um, <laughs> and uh, if you want to, you can find me on LinkedIn as well, just Spencer Lodge. Or if you want to go to my website, which you might want to, but I don't really use it that much, you can go to spencerlodge.tv. But um, yeah, just remember, okay, you can't forget it, okay? Sounds like an old people's home. <laughs> but actually he's not <laughs> Spencer mate thank you ever so much I've thoroughly enjoyed it and I'm very very grateful for your time and attention good luck with the podcast mate and good chat thank you. you brilliant you too take care and um, keep safe out there well I don't know about you but I just feel like I need to, need to go and drop the mic right now I want you just to recall some of the amazing things that Spencer shared with you there. Remember, salespeople live an emotional roller coaster. So I want CEOs, um, you know, sales directors out there to really have a rethink right now and value sh and show the value to your sales team. 
And for you guys that are in business, you know what? If you're in business, you have to know how to sell. Because if you don't make sales, if you don't make money, your business is just a hobby. And you are at the front of your business. So remember, people buy into people they like, know and trust. So be likable. Be completely and unapologetically you. People will invest their money in you, in your personality, your drive, your character and your commitment. So be investable. Great salespeople are not these extrovert characters. Great salespeople are people who know how to ask really good questions and then listen for those answers. So my one piece of advice here is understand how to ask really good questions. Research it, learn it. Because let's face it, if you bring value with integrity, you will build a brand. When people go into a restaurant and they ask for a drink like a Coke, they ask for a Coke. They rarely ask for a Pepsi. And that's because Coca-Cola understood the power of brand. So my one takeaway for you is if nothing else, sit there and understand the power of brand. And if you don't, learn it, review it, get on YouTube, get on Google and understand because let's face it, we've all got sales targets to meet and understanding how to build a brand, a personal brand, will help you in that journey. I did like what Spencer said where he shared about how to make 30-day sort of sales targets, gamify the process, you know, gamify your to-do list. Just to get ahead and just make it that bit more interesting, make it that bit more of a fun challenge for yourself. And I really do appreciate that people don't find the sales process fun because we get rejected all the time. But let's just highlight one of the things that Spencer said. You get rejected for all the things you don't ask for. So you need to understand how you can utilize a digital strategy around your content and a niche to accelerate that pull strategy. Bring people in towards you so you're getting less rejected. And if you don't know how to do it, go to Spencer's um, social profiles and literally success leaves clues, like I say, all the time. So go and see what he's doing, see what resonates with you. And then literally just lean into that and educate your audience. Give them the knowledge. Sales process comes with common sense. And if you can show that you care, then you will sell. And my final piece for you guys is every day when you're going out there to work or you're going out there into your the, the business you own, the job that you love, your family expect you to show up and do your best every day. And therefore, you need to do that for them. They're expecting you to do it and they're expecting you to do the sales. Now, that may be a little bit of pressure, but you know what? Where pressure occurs, so does action. And the time for action is right now. So my friends, remember to take a screenshot of this episode and tag me in your Instagram stories and your tweets at Mr. Steve Thompson. And don't forget to use the hashtag Tea with Steve. Also, let me know where you're tuning in from. We want to know how far across this planet we are impacting a billion lives. And let me know how this episode has had an impact on you. If you haven't already, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave me a rating and review on iTunes because it really does help us to reach more people so we can help them build their heart brand and build the business of them. Enjoy the rest of your week. It is full of opportunities. Remember, be authentic, have an impact and continue to grow. Take care, my friends. I'll see you on the next episode.